Welcome once again to Leto's Law. Here's Steve Leto. I've had a lot of people ask me about this, the notion of filming in a national park. National Park Service, you go to their website, says you need a permit if you're going to film commercially in our park. Is that legal? So as an attorney, I'm going to tell you what the law is. Not what's right, what's wrong, what my opinion is. I'm talking about what the law simply says. So you go to an attorney, say, what's the law? Here's what the law is. Of course, this is not legal advice. See the disclaimer at the end of the video. Case called Price versus Barr has been reversed. And I found this article on the NPPA website. They are the voice of visual journalists, and this is the best write-up I've seen on this. In a disappointing turn, a decision that enjoined commercial film permit requirements in federal lands was reversed. And if this stands, commercial videographers and filmmakers will once again need to obtain permits for filming in national parks, forest land, and other federal lands. And keep in mind, national parks are obvious when we talk about the National Park Service. National Park Service, however, oversees other things that are not parks, like a national lakeshore. Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore in Michigan would qualify as something under their jurisdiction. If you want to film commercially there, you need to pull a permit, otherwise you are violating their rules. Case was brought by filmmaker Gordon Price, who was fined for failing to pull a permit by the National Park Service when he released a film called Crawford Road. Some scenes in that film were filmed in Yorktown Battlefield, in the Colonial National Historical Park, which is NPS land, and because of that, a permit was required under the U.S. Code. NPS ultimately dropped its case, but Price sued to overturn the statute for violating his First Amendment rights, and he thought that he should do that as a matter of great importance. A district court agreed with him and ruled that the statute was unconstitutional because it violated the First Amendment. Uh, So they overturned the law, and they stopped enforcement of it, so the government appealed. In the recent opinion uh, written by Judge Douglas Ginsburg, the panel in a two-to-one vote reversed the district court. The panel held that although some portions of the national park system are public forums, a public forum analysis does not apply to filmmaking. Judge wrote that because a filmmaker does not seek to communicate with others at the location in which he or she films, the filmmaker does not use the location as a forum. Having made this determination, the appellate court declined to apply a public forum analysis and further held that filmmaking is not itself a communicative activity. It is merely a step in the creation of speech that will be communicated at some other time, usually in another location. Rather, the court determined that filmmaking was non-communicative First Amendment activity. And some people immediately say, Steve, what about a live stream? If I do a live stream in a national park, I'm, I'm communicating right now. And you know as well as I do, they're going to walk up and go, you're filming. Stop that if you don't have a permit. So they're ignoring the concept of live streaming. So that's, that's one issue immediately. The second issue is this. All of this analysis is talking about free speech, free speech. What about free press, journalists? What about journalists? We'll talk about that in a second. So this man's attorney said, we are disappointed with the decision and disagree with it. And Mr. Price is currently considering his options. Uh, In a dissent, the judge wrote, a dissenting judge, by stripping public forum protection from filming, my colleagues, for the very first time, disaggregate speech creations and dissemination, thus degrading First Amendment protection for filming, photography, and other activities essential to free expression in today's world. He explained, my colleagues reimagined the public forum to protect the stumping politician, but not the silent photographer to shield the shouting protester, but not the note-taking reporter. 
These distinctions find no basis in First Amendment jurisprudence. It makes no more sense to exclude certain types of speech from public forums than it does to police which squirrels may enter a conservation easement. <laughs> Judge explained the public forum analysis should depend on the forum, not on the type of expressive activity that takes place within the forum. He added by stripping filming of the protections afforded to expression in public forums, the court puts us in direct conflict with other circuits and leaves important expressive activities unprotected in places where the First Amendment's guarantee of free speech should be at its apex. Now, NPPA, the group that wrote this brief here, this, this article, agrees with that judge. And they had filed amicus briefs at the trial court and on appeal. Uh, the notion that the act of filmmaking is not expressive speech merely because it is a step in the process threatens free speech and goes against overwhelming authority that provides protection for free expression at every step of the process. And as another court recently ruled, video recording is un unambiguously speech creation, not mere conduct. The creation of speech did not warrant protection under the First Amendment. The government could bypass the Constitution by simply proceeding upstream and damning the source of speech. So let's go back to the days when they uh, actually had film cameras and you take your film someplace and have it developed. And you come back later and pick it up. What if the government had started censoring the film developers? Okay? You got, you got to pay a permit to get your film developed. You got to, you got, just, just, people go, well, that's, that's stupid. They, they can't do that. They go, well, the expression isn't taking place in the film developers building, though, is it? So the point is that what you're doing, if it's speech, doesn't matter where in the mechanical process of the creation it is. Uh, but that's one point. The other point I have is about newsmaking. Journalists. Journalists, okay? So we'll get back to that. <laughs> so meanwhile... NPPA members with questions about how this ruling will affect their work in national parks can reach out to the NPPA. They've got a general counsel who's helping with this. Uh, and you need to know also that the man's attorney in this case has filed a petition for rehearing and bank, and that means that it was originally heard by just three judges. That first panel of judges was drawn from a larger pool of judges in that circuit. So you can ask as a preliminary matter after a ruling to have the entire panel hear it and vote on it. And if they refuse or they rule against you, then you can go up to SCOTUS, the Supreme Court. And this might be the kind of thing that has to go up to the Supreme Court to be ruled on once and for all. Because there is a lot of confusion in the field and a lot of people are unhappy. So if you go to the nps.gov website today, as I just did, you can find a section called Filming and Still Photography Permits. It talks about the permits you need for filming and still photography. So it says, in most cases, a permit is not necessary for visitors engaging in casual, non-commercial still photography. There are some circumstances when a permit is needed for commercial still photography. But then they go on to say that a permit for commercial filming is something you need to know about. Under federal law, all commercial filming that occurs within a unit of the national park system requires a permit. The question is, what is considered commercial filming? Very next question is, what is considered commercial filming? <laughs> commercial filming means the film, electronic, magnetic, digital, or other recording of a moving image 
by a person, business, or other entity for a market audience with the intent of generating income. So it's shot with the intent of generating income. So let's suppose that you're shooting a film of your family and they're waving and behind them you see some activity so you hold the camera up a little higher and behind them is a woman trying to take her picture with a baby buffalo and the mother buffalo sees this runs over hooks her with a horn and flings her in the air and her pants come off which is something that actually happened so you caught that on film and you put that on youtube and your channel's monetized is that a commercial venture well, did you shoot it with the intent of generating income? I mean, you were just standing there and it happened. And there's a gigantic gray area right there. Because if you shot that and you put that on your channel and it got millions of views, you made money. And the argument could be made that the second you turned your camera to go, oh, here's my family waving to, here's the woman being de-pantsed by a buffalo. Suddenly, you probably did that knowing this is good film. This is going to go on my channel and make money. And that's what they could argue. And so it creates this gigantic problem because what is the intent of generating income? If I take my camera and hold it at arm's length on the edge of the Grand Canyon and I say hello to my, my friends and followers here on YouTube and I post it on YouTube, is that a commercial venture? Was that shot with the intent of generating income? And so keep in mind, it's not the sole intent of generating income. That's simply one of the intents with the intent of generating income. So an argument could be made. And what I think we need to understand is one side of this actually makes sense. Because let's suppose Fast and the Furious people decide they want to shoot Fast and Furious 15 Grand Canyon. And there's going to be a scene in there where two cars jump the Grand Canyon simultaneously. That's what they do in those movies. And they, they collide in midair. And there's a huge explosion. But luckily the guys are wearing uh, base jumping uh, uh, suits. And, and they get out of there. And, and uh, it's, it's a fabulous opening scene to that movie. Well, to set that up, you're going to need to have film crews and stunt guys and craft services and all kinds of stuff. And people who go to the canyon that day won't have as much enjoyment of the canyon that day because of all your activity filming this movie. So obviously, for something like that, it would make sense that they'd make them pull a permit. And in fact, if you read the rules on permits, not only do you have to pull a permit, you have to pull an insurance policy naming the park as somebody who's covered against liability. Uh, you may also have to be opposed to bond to require that you clean up after yourself. But everyone understands that. And everyone goes, okay, that makes complete sense. If you've got a film crew of 75 and you've got these weird devices for launching cars into the air and explosions, of course that makes sense to charge a permit for that. And in case you're curious, a permit for that will cost you probably 750 bucks a day. 750 bucks a day. So that's nothing out of my Hollywood blockbuster budget. I, I, I won't miss 750 bucks a day. However, that's the one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is I am a, a, a person who has accessed the internet and occasionally I post newsworthy videos. And I happen to be in the park and I see something newsworthy happening. I see news. I see news all the time. Something happens and I film it with my camera. I, I post that and go, look what just happened in the National Park. 
they could say, well, hey, hey, wait a second, Steve. You shot that with the intent of generating income because you have a monetized channel. You can't do that. Not without a permit. And the lack of a permit, you know, for you, it would have only been, you know, possibly 150 bucks. But the point is that you still didn't pull a permit. And I think that's a better argument than the First Amendment saying, I'm trying to speak with what I film. Because, I mean, that's not a bad argument either. I, I, would, I would argue that there are filmmakers out there who make great statements with their films. Absolutely. But the news covering journalists, and I'm not saying just people who have badges that say media and they go to press conferences at the White House. I'm talking about anybody who captures things and puts them on the internet for people to see what's happening. Okay? That's news. And let's suppose, and I'm going to make it hypothetical here, let's suppose that I happen to be going on a hike through the Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore along the southern shore of Lake Superior, northern shore of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and I'm, I'm walking along there, and all of a sudden I hear a rumbling. I hear a rumbling. Rumbling. The deep rumbling of the earth. And I quickly step over the edge, and I see that the cliff face is shaking and it's starting to crumble. I pull out my camera, and I film the cliff face Big chunk falls off, smashes into the lake, huge wave and a splash. And I take that and I put that on my website. Now, they can say, Steve, you put that on the internet, clearly with the intent of generating income. And let's be honest, when you shot it, you had in your mind, I'm posting this. You didn't film that for your own benefit. You filmed it so you show it to other people. (laughs) You're doing it for your own benefit. You'd watch it with your eyes. Okay, You're filming it to show to other people. Here's the problem. If you saw it happening and wanted to film it, but you didn't have a permit, you got to go to the office and pull a permit and then come back and film it. And by the way, the permitting process, I don't think is all that fast because you got to go and apply for the permit. They got to read your application and then they have to decide whether to grant you the permit. And that's another problem. But, but first, let's get back to the time problem. So I hike, because remember I'm in foot, I hike to the station where they got the permits, fill out an application, pay them my money. They approve my permit, ka-chunk, they stamp it. I go running back to film it, and guess what? It's all gone. It's all gone. I missed it. I missed it. So can I, can I legally film that with the intent to make money, but without the permit? And the point is no. And so newsworthy events don't often pose for pictures. And there are many, many occasions, I can, I, can, I can think of dozens of them, and so can you, where somebody just happened to have a camera and they filmed something or photographed something as it happened. And the notion that you got to go pull a permit first and come back and get it, it's not going to work. That is absolutely not going to work. The other problem we have here is that when you apply for a permit, Everyone knows this. We've all applied for permits to do something, right? You've, you've, you've gone someplace and asked for permission to do something. I assume you have in your life. If you're young, maybe not. But anything from know, a wedding license to anything else. And, 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 you, and you go and apply for a permit. You walk up, fill out the form, hand them your money, slide it across the counter. There's a moment in time where you're thinking, I wonder if they're going to grant it or not. What if you are a known troublemaker? 
Your videos cause controversy. Your movies upset people. What if people are bothered by your movies? Can they refuse your permit? Or do they have to give you the permit? Because I think by definition, a permit is something that may or may not be granted depending on the circumstances. And I've not actually seen what the permit asks. But I suspect it's going to say, what do you want to do? I want to film. What do you want to film? Now we're getting into the content uh, editing by the people who grant the permits. Because they could say, oh, we don't want that filmed. You want to go over here and film the sheep? The pleasant little sheep grazing in the pasture? You want to go film that? Knock yourself out. You want to film this thing that's going on over here that makes us look bad? We don't want you to film that. So that's the example I'd like to give you. Let's suppose that you are a person on the internet. People know who you are. You occasionally point out things done wrong by the government. And somebody called you up and said, hey, I, I, I got a tip for you. There's a national park where the rangers are doing something illegal. They are doing something illegal. And if you go there with a camera, you can catch them on film doing something illegal. Now, you could go to the National Park Service and apply for a permit and say, I'm here to film you guys secretly, and I want a permit to do so. They're going to go, no, you can't do that. Or they're going to say, oh, hang on. <laughs> we'll give you the permit in an hour. They can run out. They can quickly stop doing whatever it is they're doing illegally. And you can immediately see why that falls apart. Now, if you want to couch that as a First Amendment activity with respect to free speech, I mean, you can, but I think it's a better argument on news gathering. As a journalist, I've got the right to gather news and, and tell people what I've discovered. And if I'm criticizing the government, that's one of the instances where news gathering has been upheld repeatedly by the courts. You've got the right to criticize the government. Criticize the government. You've got the right to do that. So if you know that there's something going on that's happening at a national park and you need to film it to expose it, but pulling the permit would tip them off and ruin it, well, there you go. And I'm just going to end with one quick note, is that every time I do a story about anything like this, I get somebody who says, uh, Steve, you apparently don't know this. Your film references are wrong. Uh, cameras uh, and phones don't contain film. Before you post that, would you please look it up in a dictionary and look up film as a verb, and you'll understand it doesn't require physical film to film something, okay? The word's got other meanings, just to let you know. But getting back to this, the case is called Price versus Bar. It theoretically could get changed. It could get overturned. But as of right now, the National Park Service does still require you to pull a permit, which means you've got to pay them some money and fill out a form, and that is before you can shoot video with the intent of generating income. And that is a big gray area that steps all over the First Amendment, both with respect to free speech and the freedom of the press. Dave, thanks for asking questions or comments. Put them below. This will talk to you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. As a child, my family's menu consisted of two choices, take it or leave it. If you left it behind, there was no dessert.